so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. 
It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you let's watch a full-length Song. I, I'm Mike's friend. My turn-ons are satin sheets. I love to be outdoors. Follow me on Twitter. Jokes to call. The French duh, not the duh, duh. Let's watch a Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie with, on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Ready to go. Very excited about this film. Oh, you are so enthusiastic about today's movie. <laughs> we watch a full length movie on YouTube. There's a lot of movies on YouTube. Stuff I read about and now they're available. And some movies, Carl... Mm -hmm. uh, they're so atrociously bad. There's no way you can watch them on your own. You need some company. <laughs> so what we offer is our podcast uh, and also a live stream show. Basically, we pick a movie from YouTube. You listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Oh, man. And Carl, we do stream. We are right now on mutinyradio.fm uh, every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard. Uh, and then in the Midwest, you can figure it out. You got it. It's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, why? We figure it out. And uh rest of the world, oh, we are international. So uh that's our main sponsor. We stream our show first on Sundays, and then we drop as a podcast by the acronym L W A F L M O Y T. That's why we mentioned it up front. We'd love for you to subscribe if this is your first time. And we're also on YouTube, uh on our YouTube channel, <laughs> L W A F L M. OYT. <laughs> so go to YouTube and uh, we want you to get ready. Carl, what is the movie this week? We're going to watch Hardly Working 1980. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Hardly Working 1980. 
Right. Yeah. If you type in hardly working and then hit return, it's probably a song from the last 30 years <laughs> or like some viral video that has nothing to do with the <laughs> All right. So, and who uh, is hosting this movie? Who's yeah, that's a tough one. It's called Klazina Schouten. I guess it's German. K-L-A-Z. Yeah. If you find K-L-A-Z, that's the channel. Kla okay. So perfect. We want you to go right now. Type in "hardly working" 1980. Hit return. Find the movie posted by Asina uh, Stoughton, and then uh, hit the link. Hit pause immediately, and if you have the opportunity, hit uh, move the timer to zero. That <laughs> you have the opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. So I had trouble last week on my streaming service. So uh -huh. uh, yeah, find a YouTube outlet that you trust. Yeah. Uh, when we say go, you're going to hit go. But before we hit go, we're really excited. We have a celebrity comedian countdown. That's right. We have a celebrity comedian to do the countdown. And uh, Carl has uh, just went off, just did an interview. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Deanna Kobe. Welcome, Deanna. Thank you so much, Carl. Hi. Yeah, hi. We are comedy friends, right, out there. Yes. We are co-stars in a podcast out there. We bump <laughs> into each other all the time. You even co-hosted the Reserve Open Mic once. Were you surprised that I asked you? I was very, very surprised. Um, especially, too, I feel like it was such a great honor to be asked because, um, you know, you put such love towards your co-hosts. Like, uh -huh. I've noticed that, <laughs> you know, like you had such a good relationship with Yousef and now with Kate. So I was so happy that I could come in as a pinch hitter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you know, that's part of like uh, giving everyone a show, right? Giving the vibes and just talking up each other. And um, so we were uh, married for a day at the reserve, but we were also married together in our recent pilot. Were you surprised I asked you to do that? Uh, best day of my life. I just <laughs> want to let everybody know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was, again, also surprised. Um, I always, again, I get super appreciative, like, the fact that, like, people want to include me, you know? Because yeah. especially, I think, don't you feel sometimes with comedy, you're like, you know, like the weird kid? <laughs> <laughs> on the playground yes <laughs> so i was like oh yeah this is great and i love the fact that you guys were doing it mm -hmm. um i personally again i love being around people that are just carrying out their projects and doing what they want to do you know it's like they are just they're literally right not just talking the talk y'all are walking the walk so i was so excited to be around that energy yeah i and i want to just compliment you about it because um, me and Steve wrote the Steve Goldberg wrote the screenplay and you had your lines right but but if another actress had done it it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't have been so funny because you bring that like craziness to the line <laughs> like, persona in there it was really good oh thank you it was super fun and like I said I was so excited for you and Steve because I know you guys have been working together for a while yeah on, you know different projects so it's really great to see your collaboration that you guys are doing it 
Yeah, it's a team effort, and it's not just a team effort between me and Steve. It's the whole, uh, you know, cast and crew, Tony, uh, you know, getting getting the shots right, and and Chris Monty, of course, the legend. So um, it's a team effort, and I'm glad you're on the team. Thank you. Yeah, it's been super fun. I had a great time doing it, you know. Now, later, I'm going to ask you how people can find you on social media, but I'm not sure I should. Recently, you got hacked. Oh. I did get hacked like a dummy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was pretty traumatic. I didn't um, realize it. <laughs> so I got from my I'm friends with my friend's dad. I've known yeah. this guy since I was 12 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like my second father. So I had gotten a message from him. Um, I saw the video of you. And all it was was two emoticons, like smacking the head emoticon and a heartbreak emoticon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, especially doing comedy, I have I have some terrible content out there. I was like, what did John see? <laughs> oh, my God. He's so – I'm like, how is he brokenhearted? This, I was, like, so upset. Yeah, disappointing. <laughs> get the video. I tried to figure out the video. So – not realizing because I haven't been on social media that long that that was like oh no that's a ploy to get hacked you know um fishing yeah I, yeah so I guess my password because of that so then that in turn got sent out to everybody on my friends list yeah and it was crazy like how fast everybody's like you got hacked you got hacked I'm like oh my god <laughs> Code red. What do I do? This is crazy. I got a message. Is this you in this video? And I replied, all caps, hacked. (laughs) So you knew right away. Well, yeah, just from past experience. Now, I never actually clicked the phishing link, but still, like, I don't know. The first time that ever happened to me, it was super suspicious. Like, you look at the link and it doesn't end in a movie file name, you know? It's very suspicious. I, How'd like, you get out of it so quick? Um, I changed my password. Uh-huh. Right? That's all it took. I think, yeah, that was it. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, there could be other things that I probably should have done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I just, I don't like social media. I don't really like engaging with it and things like this happen. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? I don't like. Should I just close the account? Yeah. You can't right. get hacked in, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. I don't know. It was very. Well, I just feel as a comedian, you don't want to be hacked. But anyway, <laughs> so you are maybe not engaged with social media, but you're certainly engaged with many, many comedians. You have your own podcast, which I look forward to, called Comedians Exposed. Yay. <laughs> I can't wait to have you as a guest, too. I'm really Whoa. excited to get Thanks. you exposed, Carl. Oh, I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> Click this link. <laughs> exactly. Oh, smack in my head, emoticon. <laughs> um, it's a, I interview comedians because I feel doing comedy, like, again, just like getting hacked, how my friend's dad, like, I really believe that he saw a potential joke of mine and was really disappointed, Yeah, you know? So I, that was kind of like, for me, comedy is a very vulnerable place. It's like mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. So I like talking to other comedians to see what their experience is like. 
and what makes them uncomfortable um, because I really believe that good things come out of being uncomfortable. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, you're in a pressure situation and you see what comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you let things go as well, which is like mm -hmm. super cool to be able to be like, I don't need to carry this anymore. I'm just releasing it. And that's super freeing, you know, because yeah. that there's a lot of shit that really doesn't matter. And we just get caught up in such silly things. So you must come to the table with all sorts of questions already prepared without even trying, because you're trying to see if they're in the same place you are as a comedian, I guess. Like, you know, the right questions to ask uh, to really pull it out of them. It's been really enjoyable. Yeah. Like people have been really uh, for the most part, most of the guests have really engaged in what I'm trying to do, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, people and they share really personal things, you mm -hmm. know, um, but not right away after you break them down a little. I break Exactly. It's like the goddamn Marines. Like, <laughs> listen, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Nobody likes yeah. your comedy. Now let's talk about vulnerability. Um, no, yeah, I guess so. Like, again, I have certain questions, like, again, I, cause vulnerability means different things to different people, yeah. you know? Um, like some people, again, we talk about physical vulnerabilities or emotional, like, so I kind of like, you know, poke and prod. And like I said, it just kind of organically flows. And like I said, it's just really awesome what people have been willing to share. Yeah. So well, it's a really good podcast, and it also has a really good look and feel with that black and white, and it's sort of old-timey filmy. I'm not sure what effects you do, but it yes. works. That's all. Oh, thank you so much, because, uh, again, that's, I, you know, it's something I like to do. Like, doing the podcast was, you know, kind of, it came out of during being in the pandemic and quarantine yeah. and me still wanting to engage in comedy in a way. So, and a lot of, you know, it felt kind of uncomfortable because it's like, oh, everybody's got a podcast, which that's true. You, you know, everybody does and that's fine. So it's like, what I do is for me. So it's nice when you hear someone else that it's like, oh, I do this because I enjoy it, but I'm appreciative of you also recognizing those things. It really well, feels yeah, nice. You know, you listen to these comedians podcasts and I do, and it really feels like you're eavesdropping on a conversation. Yours isn't like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Now you were alone during the quarantine, right? You were yeah, yeah. alone for months. Yep. Yeah, I live by myself. <laughs> I don't have kids. So right. I, um, yeah, it was, and I'm an introvert to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's been very challenging, like reacclimating now, like that things like, you know, like things are open and we're out yeah. and uh, it's just like, holy moly. I'm like, <laughs> I am maladjusted. I have not realized how, how, how bad it got. <laughs> well, your hair grew back. So that probably helps in social situations. Uh, wait, what did you say? Your hair grew back. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Town. You know? uh, I kind of I know I haven't gotten a haircut since I shaved my head I have not <laughs> been in a salon uh -huh. a salon Ooh. a salon well yeah that's where ladies have to go I gotcha. can't go to the, the I mean I could the go bar to the barber that's but then what it, I do. yeah yeah but I got my own clippers I could just shave my own head again yes and you proved that point <laughs> <laughs> okay now how can people find you out there on the internet on social media what's your twitter hangles and snapograms 
Um, so yeah, on like Facebook and like I occasionally use Twitter and um, TikTok. Yeah. Just so they're under Deanna Kobe and we'll yeah, find just you. Deanna Kobe, you can find me. And then uh, on Instagram too, you can put in Deanna Kobe. My handle's Pandora's Mouth. Uh-huh. Pandora's yeah. mouth. What a box. <laughs> Open it up and let the shit out. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'll leave that alone. So, <laughs> okay. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us. Uh, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and it's important that people at home press play at the exact same time we do in the studio. So let's get ready. Why don't you take it away, Deanna Kobe? Give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Oh, wait a minute. I thought we were watching Hardly Working. This is the, this is a different movie. Oh, this is like a montage of Jerry before this movie starts. Yeah. The United States cut had a montage and they're playing the music. It's the like typewriter bit from a movie called Who's Minding the Store in 1963. This is like an attempt to say like, remember Jerry Lewis and, and how right. he was so funny? We had a chance to watch a French movie he did from 1984 last week uh, where, you know, Carl does a lot of research on this. It, it looks a lot easy, maybe. Yeah. But I, I did the research and did this so well. Oh, I just saw this in the fella. Uh, and he had made, like, uh, infamously, The Day the Clown Cried in 1972. He kind of stopped making movies uh, until 1980 when this came out. Yeah. That's right. He, a full decade, and it was a low point for him. Yeah, he did Hook, Line, and Sinker, which was the uh, sequel to Salt and Pepper with Peter Lawford of Sammy Davis Jr., he directed their sequel. It's terrible. I've seen that TCM. But uh, he didn't direct anything that was released in theaters until this one. So, right. This one, yeah, this was his comeback. And it was a hit. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sure. And this played on cable throughout uh, decades. I want to mention Ron Lynch, one of the greatest comedians ever. He mimics his typewriter bit where he pantomimes the typewriter. Mm -hmm. Except his version uh, adds gunfire and a cow sound and, and butts <laughs> and various noises. And uh, he just rolls up the punches. It's great. Now, if there ever was a ta talented Jerry Lewis, we just saw it. We saw the bellboy, the errand boy, who's minding the store, Cinderfella, and the Patsy. And it was all between 60 and 64. That's when right. he was like fresh and new, like this, he was blowing up. And everyone thought he was hilarious. Well, that's stuck in his mind, and it's stuck in his heart. And whatever he would do for the rest of his life, he believed it to be. Uh, I mean, he just, he thinks this movie is funny. And you'll see what I'm talking about as we watch it. You might get an ad. You'll only get one for the film. I already got it. I'm watching the hardly working title. Oh, okay. Tell me when you get to Steve Franken's name. Oh, no, Buddy Lester, okay? Okay. Well, I see Susan Oliver and the tents going up. Yeah, well, the show's about to begin, Carl. They're setting up the big top for us. It's literally starting the show. Right. It's starting the scene. Harold Stone. It's going to say Steve Franken. Who'd you say? Featuring Buddy Lester and Billy Barty. That's it. That's now, 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 now. Okay. That was the worst count up ever. <laughs> you know, I should mention Billy Barty gets top line billing. He does not say a word in this movie. 
He's yeah. just in the circus scene. And that's it. I love this movie. Uh, this is this movie inspired me for the podcast, to be honest with you, because my brother had a great podcast called, he still has it, Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast. And Adam Spiegelman, the host, uh, would have interviews, and he would also uh, talk about movies. And he got me on, and we talked about this film. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, like, a lot of his friends, positive about it so that was kind of cool I guess my brother's friends but yeah this film I, I, it, but the fact that I, I suggested it because it was full length on YouTube right you know and uh, so this movie definitely there it is the master Jerry Lewis so this movie was a big inspiration for the podcast the fact that it showed up on YouTube and uh, the genesis yeah, now I got to mention, Carl. This this uh, circus, indoor circus, has a laugh track. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can. Yeah, well, okay. here comes Jerry. Get ready for laughs, all right? Oh, here's Jerry. Look, he's got a small suitcase. You see the size of his small suitcase? Right, and he put it on the table. What's with the music? Did they just go into an elevator? They they will play the same song over and over. There, laughter. Yeah, you're right. It's a laugh track, all right. They fooled me. They fooled me. There you go. <laughs> you're right. It clearly is. I mean, we might as well be watching <laughs> what? You name it. Different yep. strokes. Not for nothing. The French love the circus. The clowns and the three rings. And mm-hmm. Uh and you know America does too, so that's kind of a good connection. And he's a clown. That's probably his patented clown face. It is his patented clown face. Absolutely, he he wore this same exact makeup in. Um, okay, it was designed for him for 1954's Three Ring Circus and later reused 1965's The Family Jewels. So he's doing it here like an homage to himself. Well, you know, you trademark your clown face. Oh. So it's it's him as like when he's a clown, he's this guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. I see. A rabbit? What? Wow. A I wonder if that will be foreshadowing to the end of the film. Huh? A rabbit. Wow. That was a rabbit that looked like a kitty cat. Oh, my mistake. Hey, there's Billy Barty. There you go. I got frontline credit. I had to kiss him. I had to kiss Jerry Lewis, but he got me. Got me. Bill credit. Hey now guys, we have the delivery. Yeah, of the news. The uh, we're going bankrupt, and our last performance is the next one. You know. I'm sorry, guys. We have to downsize. We're going to be now a half ring circus. <laughs> we're going to 1.5 <laughs> circus. Barnum, ring Barning. Uh, I can't say the name. What was the name of the circus? Bailey? Uh, Bar- Barnum Bailey? No, Barnum. 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 Barnum and Ringling Brothers? Is that Best what you say? Bailey's 1.5 Ring Circus is coming to town. <laughs> we'll be on the border of Nutley and Clifton. <laughs> well, formerly the uh, tree lot. The two guys parking lot. Oh, now he's got to take the clown makeup off. 
So the show started so, over the credits, and now the movie begins. He takes some uh, Vaseline, and he makes like a tear. Oh my God! Okay. This is really so the tone right now of the film we're set up is, you know, the sad clown, right? I mean, we're right. ready for our film, and guess what? We'll never see it again. <laughs> it's totally inappropriate to open with this if you're not okay. Here's our first Star Trek connection. This is Harry Mudd, one of my favorites, Harry Mudd. Original series? Yes. And for us, he was in A House Is Not a Home. Oh, the Shirley MacLaine uh, uh, Rotha movie. Right. And he was that crazy heroined out guy they had to go save the girl from. Yeah, I remember. That's a great movie. Uh, it's not a great movie, but that's a great performance. It's a, that's a funny role. Now, I know you don't know Star Trek, but Harry Potter Harry is a Bud. big deal because he was funny. And he was one of the first funny. Remember, it's, it's the original series. So he was a con man and a salesperson, you know, so Kirk would have to deal with him. Maybe I'm bitter. You know, I was uh, the talking dog on the Star Trek. Uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Mm -hmm. Just never bring that up. The Saturday morning cartoon sucked. The art looked really bad, so I was never a fan of it. It did have interesting episodes, like if they had been filmed like Star Trek, but it just didn't appeal to me. It looked like a coloring book for kids, you know? No, so you look, okay, so here's a big beat for me. Look at the whip outside. This is all yeah. shot in Florida. And so these are Florida mansions. And, uh, oh, Jerry, Jerry, tone it down. I asked for a six, Jerry, not an eight. So he's out of work, and the sister is welcoming him into the home. But the, the husband, Harry Mudd, is not happy about it. But he'll Harry do Mudd. what his wife wants. Look at this house Harry Mudd has. He's got a pool table and a water bar. Yeah, he works at the bank, and he's always drinking. He's always drinking. Yeah, well, you know, it's hot out there. You got to dehydrate. Yeah, with with rum. <laughs> you think he's making rum right now? He's got to. No, he's probably one of those single malt scotch guys. Right. Is it yeah. in a decanter? <laughs> We're missing a little <laughs> decanter. In a, he's got a humidor. Um, we're missing, we're missing some, they're trying to be funny in which the kids like say the same lines over and over and repeat each other. And okay. Now the tone of the film is like, we're, well, see, okay. Here's what I want to say. You see how serious a man he is, right? He was yeah. a clown and now he's got to come home and, you know, he's got to get, I mean, we're in a drama right now. All right. I just want to establish that further. Well, I could tell from the music playing behind us. <laughs> What's with Jerry in his sleepless uh, sweater? Uh, oh, yeah, that's blue. another thing. Um, by the way, when he's just himself, come yeah. on, he's Jerry Lewis. He's Jerry Lewis with the look <laughs> and the rings and the sweater and the. He has the rings on. I'm unemployed. Oh, listen, you know, the clown business is a tough business. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's about talent. 
So he's unloading his trunk, moving. Right, and the girls, he's sleeping in the daughter's room. Right, and we're still in a drama. And now, you know, I want you to know, Uncle Jerry, when dad says the mean, he doesn't mean the mean things he says. I'm a serious adult and it's okay. I know your father for a lot of years. We don't see eye to eye, but it, it's a, it's a, like it's a drama. Yeah, well, does this tone show up again? I mean, he, he goes and tries to get work, right? Because right now, Jerry Lewis is hardly working. Yeah, he's out of work right now. And no, he's hardly working when he has the jobs. But you see, it doesn't really apply because he's never lazy in the... It's a bad title for... Hardly yeah, working because he gets fired all the time, I guess. You know, it's funny, like, I, I know Adam Sandler has this tradition of being the water boy or, the, you know, Rob Schneider movies, he's the animal, the hot chick. And Jerry had that down with, with the Iron Boy and, and the Geisha Boy and uh, mm -hmm. different different films like that. But so he'd always be Jerry Lewis is in the fella. Um, right. Or as, so that's to say as, but or is the nutty professor. But this is a pun is hardly working. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together there. Why would you say Jerry Lewis is hardly working? His name is not hardly working. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. This all right, so ooh, what a big beat. So the, the the ad campaign in this movie says the original jerk. So this right. came out year after the jerk. Yeah. The jerk, you know, uh the cans, not only not cover the cans. Yeah. Oh, look, red shirt, blue sweater, sleeveless vest. Interesting. It's an inverse. I got a job in the one. But it, and the jerk, it's, you know, it's it's such a charged movie. And it was such an edgy or subversive film that, it, you know, the jokes weren't even kept knocking over the cans. It was that there was a crazy, uh, you know, gunman. Well, it, it was a well-written script because it was like his stand-up act. You know, a lot yeah. of his stand-up act contributed and um, it was silly, but what, what, how he felt, uh, how Jerry Lewis felt about it was that that's me. He's doing me. He's doing me, and that just wasn't the right. case, you know. Um, okay, the original jerk. First of all, the tagline was the world's funniest funny funny man is back, and then it was the original jerk. Um, it was, after, okay, 79 was the jerk. So he was trying, I don't know, was he trying to take the wind out of Steve Martin's sails or? Well, I think they were trying to reach the same audience. And, uh, you know, you, you could kind of, I don't think he wrote the campaign, ad, but, you know, this uh, I don't know. He became a co-owner of the, I mean, this was his baby. He made this happen. Now, he wasn't a producer, uh, but he had a part of it and he, Let's see here. He gets a code a co-writing credit just because he's doing himself. Right. Okay. All we're getting is goofy, like now he's on the job and he's like dusting, and the boss is like, nobody dusts a gas station, you boob. But it's all a setup we're about to meet love interest. Well, also there's like, you know, there's nothing happening in these movies. He has to create the scene. He has mm -hmm. to walk into a room and knock over the cans. Otherwise, you have no scene. Yes, yeah, so and make a seat. Yeah. So we're just killing time until he knocks. So it could be anyone. 
You're so right about that observation. That's you'll see it throughout this film and all of his films. Like he wa enters into a place and it's he who starts bumbling and fucking up or encountering something quirky. He right. makes the, you know, stuff doesn't happen to him and he reacts, which is so much comedy. But it's the same kind of, it gets a little, you know, so this is his second job he's got, accounting job. Uh, this is his very first job. Well, do you, don't you count the clown job? No. That was oh. his career, and he got fired, and now he's got odd jobs. Oh, oh, love interest, holy cow! And my goodness, she's our second Star Trek connection. You tell. Oh, well, she's the big deal. You know that green girl you see sometimes in Star Trek stuff? The green girl. Oh, my God, that's the green girl from Star that, Trek? That's right. <laughs> the Orion slave girl or something like that. Yeah, I, I have seen that episode, which is much better than uh, the menagerie. There's always a still with like uh, William Shatner, like macking on her. Well, you know, it, no, it was um, it was Christopher Pike. I mean, that was the um, pilot. The pilot, yeah. Okay. Wow. So she is very OG. Look at this wind in Florida. It's driving me crazy. It's such a bad movie. Yeah. Well, look at it. The, the director has no control of the wind. <laughs> Why must it be that windy? Why must I see a movie with so much wind in it? Is it that crucial as shot in Florida? <laughs> like, it's not so great. It's it is crazy. Look at it. It's like a tornado right now. A tornado? Okay. Look, I'm trying to watch Jerry do his stick, right? But I can't because there's a plant to That makes one of us. I have to check the furniture in my own face now. Okay, so I would like to now say. Okay, we had uh, a guy who was a career guy as a clown, an intelligent gentleman who had a direction. He's thrown out of work. He's getting some help. The husband's hard on him. The daughter. Okay, and now that same guy comes out here and all of a sudden, hey, you stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Right, that's right, because he was so serious. Yeah. And he was like, listen. You know, sis. See, this is just trying to. Okay, watch the hood. You see the hood? Yep. Okay, I'm watch the hood. Yeah. Could We're you release the plug, ma'am? <laughs> okay, it's up. It's up. The hood is up. Oh, it's down. It's down. Oh, it's going up. Yep, it's down. <laughs> oh my God, that's magic. The hood is down. Now it's up again. And our continuity stuff's over. All right. Okay. All right, Jerry, go, all right, go ahead. No, no, not yet, not yet? Okay. Yeah. Well, you got about uh, 20 quarts. Oh. And he goes, six or eight quarts. So the kid, like, doesn't like Jerry. But for some reason, the love interest totally likes him. You're, you're creeping my mom. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's what you're saying. You're... Uh -oh. have sticks on there. I can never do that. I oh, think this might be yesterday's I always like to use a paper roll, paper towel roll to stick it uh, <laughs> to extend the gas tank. <laughs> you know, if gas really touches cardboard, it goes right through it, you know, not quickly, but it dissolves right through it. I mean, the thing would have just gotten soggy and crumbled. Really? Oh, there goes my pipeline plant. Oh. 
They oh. took the radiator off now. The gas is is going to have an explosion. And and the love interest thinks this is delightful. Could you say that this Maybe. Oh, no, the tire. Oh, yeah, the boss has to walk out. You can't have a climax until the boss walks out. Yeah, because it's your fire. Right. Well, you know, what's he going to do? Be in his office during explosion, run out and be like, I missed it, but you're fired. <laughs> out of frustration, he'll knock the cans over himself. It also doesn't make sense. You'll s- look, look. He just he can't stand what's going on. He doesn't understand it, so he starts knocking over the cans like as a stress relief, I guess. <clears throat> oh, I'm gee, ma'am, sorry. I'm really sorry, ma'am. Yeah, the birthday job. But he's twitching. He's doing a, a Herbert move. Oh, pop! Wow, knocked his mom. Knocked his mom to the passenger seat. It's hilarity. It's hilarity. And the mom loves it. Does it make any sense? <clears throat> no, he, he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't give a shit. Everything's right. Because why? Because why? He's off his... Look, now he's going to cry, so... Yeah, he just spent a lot of time. Ooh, I can't get a granola bar. Yeah, it's in that uh, glass jar over there. Great. Hey, can I get a piece of uh, honey bread? Yeah, it's in the other glass jar. Kind of Hello, Grubhub. This is 1980s Grubhub. 1980s Grubhub. Can I help you? Yes. I would like a delivery. Man, we don't do that yet. We suggest you go to Chuck E. Cheese or. What do you do now? Well, we create a wallpaper that you could blend into. Talk on the phone. Joe so Pesci. Crazy. Joe Pesci. That's Joe Pesci? Yeah. Wait, of the Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci? Of the Joe Pesci's. I don't know, this YouTube copy is a little blurry. Okay, sure so the joke here is at a glass and mirror factory, and he's getting in the car with the boss because we're hearing crashing noises, and apparently he did it. See, this is a montage of the sister getting him jobs and him fucking it up on day one and getting fired. Okay, here we go. Here's 925. So he's at a disco at 79. <laughs> yep. Ooh, yeah, that's good. I love Jerry. Oh, he's at a strip club. What he's trying to do here is all those early 60s, you know, he's trying to do that movie again. But he mixes oh. it with the drama. It's not. So we saw a montage of him doing bits. And then this movie's like, here's Jerry doing bits. Right. That's right. I, you know, like, that's a kind of a welcome. Like, you know, I would be really excited to see this. I don't think I saw this in the theater. I do remember watching this on HBO at a friend's house. And going, well, is that a laugh? This is he is getting sexually aroused. But if you watch his face and stuff, he doesn't look like he's getting sexually aroused. He looks like he's attracted. No, he can't he can't keep his eyes off. Didn't well, we see him? It doesn't look to now. Look, he creeps on her. Yeah, and he gets kicked out. He's fired. Also, you're not funny. You aren't funny. It really wasn't funny. Like, can't you see Jim Carrey showing us getting sexually excited? 
right? Yeah, do. I do. I see that. I see that same stick happening in movies in the '90s, right? You don't see like Chris Farley getting a job or right. Uh, you know, senseless okay. or whatever. It's this just is the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. This is it a chef. It is a an Asian, just like a stereotype. It's just insulting. It's it's insulting. This was the fucking movie poster. Look at the tease. Yeah, uh, I know. It was a movie poster. This this was yeah, like what this was the movie poster, which was okay in eighties. Eighty. Well, also what the fiendish plot of uh, Fu Manchu from Peter Sellers was in. Yeah. Was and we saw that Charlie Chan movie that was nineteen eighty one. Yep. Uh, so. Look at this. And it's just. And the things he says are like, I am stupid. It's, it's I don't, really just really. Let's see, he works at a disco strip club to like a Benny Hanna. Like, did we miss something in 79, 80? Like, were we not invited to these? Was there a fondue uh, restaurant he goes to next? Oh, look at He's got the fan. Oh, I am so smart. This, this bit's going on for longer than the no, Yeah, that's right. It will go on for way too long and it's repulsive, in my opinion. Oh, this is what Crusty the Clown got uh, canceled, like the second season or whatever. Remember, he comes out and he uh, he puts the fake teeth in and the, mm-hmm. the glasses. He looks like Jerry Lewis in this movie. Oh, man, that's a lot of bean sprouts. Wow. That's, that's a lot of bean sprouts. I don't know. <laughs> that's, Jesus, this is way too much. Look at that pile of bean sprouts. I would have to say in conclusion. Like he's trying to whack it. And the thing is, you know, the people on set were like, oh, 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 that was so funny, Jerry. That was wonderful. Let's shoot it again. Do another shot, Jared. It wasn't, you know what I mean? They're just kissing his butt and being polite. I think they were kissing his butt or they were just doing what they were told. I think they were doing what they were told. But part of that, so that Jerry doesn't get pissed off, is you smile. And you compliment. Uh, <laughs> it must have been a nightmare set. Is he doing Japanese Benihana Kung Fu? Yeah, he's like this. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense in the real world. People are going to kick him out and kill him or something. And so he. No, no. It always gets cut to the next scene and then it, it stops, right? You're thinking so in real life. He's got a new job now. We will we we will see a payoff in this. Oh, okay, good. Oh, good. See, nutty professor. Okay, it's just like you said. It's the state. You know, he walks into the scene, but look, there is something quirky and strange he encounters, and now we'll have a bit. Oh, the flame. Yeah, and so he looks to the left and right. I don't understand. Is <laughs> that a cigarette? I mean, all that's missing is the orchestra. I know the orchestra's playing right now, right? Uh, yeah, they play the same song throughout. Uh, this is like pantomime. This is really like elevated. This is not like a full orchestra. Or maybe it is, but it's... Like no, it is. It is. Oh, here she is. I love your shot. It's my mother, Mike. I noticed from the black uh, fur coat. Yeah, I recognize it. My mother is in the store. Damien, we're having an affair, and we do need 
a something for my husband. It's his birthday, you know. Okay, so. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She wants to know what's the price. Now, what is that thing, Mike? It's a mirror. Uh, it is. Oh no! Don't open it. Water's gonna rush out, right? Oh, you've it's seen this film before. Yeah, it's supposed to be a portal, porthole. Porthole. I, mean, I know you've seen this film before. I just forgot for a second because so usually I'm in like a porthole. Uh, I was just taking a wild guess. I can't believe this is where it's heading. <laughs> so no, and then the music is nonsensical. Uh, Why would this exist? Right. It's conceptual art. It's a gallery where it's interactive. You open. <laughs> this is conceptual uh, art. I think they're selling lamps, and I think it's like a lighting store. You know, I have to <laughs> say, like, I like Jerry Lewis movies because a lot of times like, his co-hosts, his co-hosts uh, are, are more interesting than Jerry's. You know, or they they put up with a game. Of, you know, I mean, that poor woman just got splashed with water. And she held it up. <laughs> They hugged at the end of it. So Harry Mudd is now like chiding him like, so you've been here 10 days and you've lost six jobs. What a fucking loser you are. Did we see now, all six jobs? And now, yeah, he lost all those jobs on the first day. Now we'll see, we're back to the drama. And right. he's a smart, intelligent young man who's, uh, oh, I mean, 55-year-old man. He's a smart, intelligent man who finds himself out of work, and he's struggling. It doesn't make any sense. When he goes out and he breathes the air of outside, he's a wacky, stupid dude. When he's inside, right. he's, like, trying to get through this hardship. That's really true. And it's so funny because it's another, like, late 70s thing, this, this unemployment that is uh, happening. The sister's happy. It's marvelous. Do you remember the land, the land of the giants? Maybe. I don't remember her haircut, her hairdo, her styles. <laughs> no, no, that. Okay, this guy here. Let's see. Um, wait, 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 wait. This is Buddy Lester. Okay, and <sighs> he was in Fake Out. Oh, I love Fake Out. We watched yeah. that with you, Zodora, and it was at the MGM Grand. Right. And that was one of our episodes. Okay, so now Harry Mudd has pulled some strings. He called up a uh, Fake Out guy, Buddy Lester, and he said, look, you're some dude in the government who knew big and with the post office. Get my so get him a job. So he goes, if you want it, you could be in... You you can't get fired from a civil service job unless you're really trying, right? Is that true? Uh, that's the stereotype. It's always work at the post office, right? Uh, and what a complete nutritious breakfast uh, Harry Mudd's having. He's got sausage, <laughs> uh, like hash brown lump, and raisin bread. He's got sausage and hash brown lump. Yeah, right. What else is there? Coffee? Scramble. You, would you like to for sugar? Milk! Milk. He goes, Why else would that be there? He's in a serious drama and he goes, I promised Frank, no screw ups. And then he spilled the milk like a goofy goof. 
and the sister loves it. Well, that poor sister, how frustrating. She had to take a gallon of milk from the plastic and open it up, pour it into that glass glass until the entire half uh, gallon jug is empty, and then leave it on the table for 20 minutes. For its wealth. Oh, Star Trek Connection. Third Star Trek Connection. Yeah, but this one's different. This one is way late. I think it's 90s. It's the um, uh, the whales one. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Oh, right, the San Francisco one. Where they right, the San Francisco one. It was always based in San Francisco, the Federation. Yeah, that's right. That's that's where Starfleet Academy is. And that's oh, the Starfleet Academy, SFA. SFASF, I've been to their campus. <laughs> oh, now this guy They've makes... got a hell of a... Um, a Quidditch team. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's always like one guy who tries to be funnier than Jerry. Well, yeah, see, this is a little different. Usually, like you've pointed out, he goes into the scene and makes it happen. Here, he's reacting to another. Yeah. But and that's generously giving up the stage. Now, this guy's name is Alex. Hentohoff, and he was also in Payback with Mel Gibson, but he was on a lot of TV. Melrose Place, Night Court, Family Ties, you know, Hill Street Blues, Pay for Chase, Dynasty, blah, 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 blah. He was all over TV. Was he a gangster that Payback shot or what? In Payback? No. Mel Gibson, wait, didn't we shoot you for $10,000? Yeah, that's right. I want $10,000. No, it's $70,000. They made that big point in the movie. The guy goes, all right, I'll get you your 140,000. You know, his cut was 70. And he goes, no, 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 no. It's 70,000. <laughs> it was funny, man. That's, well, that's, that's the whole point of the movie. It's the otter. It's the Mickey's Spillane otter. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen Point Blank, which was based on the book. And then also uh, there was a the, the British guy, you know. Jason Statham, he did a version of that. Really? Yeah, like Payback with Mel Gibson, in which he gets double-crossed by. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And girlfriend. It's based on a mystery series. The the guy shows up in a bunch of other uh, Mm -hmm. Walker or Porter or something like that. Yeah, Porter. Porter, and and you don't know his first name. Remember the that mousy guy? He's been in the movies we've watched. He goes. His name was Porter. Porter. Porter what? First name, last name. No, 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 it's just Porter. Because he, he escorts ladies. He courts people. I think he's Walker in the series. Porter. This is Jason Satham, Jennifer Lopez movie based on the book as well. So it's the same. You remember the dog took to him? We, we, you know, we're watching this movie and we're talking about that one. This is oh, a long, drawn out, boring scene, so we can <laughs> do it. It's basically... Like him say, being stupid. I don't know. He's like, go to this room and take a test. And he's like, do I take the test here? And he goes, go to this room and take the test. He's, <laughs> you know, just, he's shit posting. Yeah. Oh, and look, another picture. Picture of water. Oh. oh, that's too high. That was too high. You poured it too much. Uh, uh, there he is. 
making his own trouble, entering the scene. Look how not funny it is. I'm pretending that I'm pretending to try to, right? He's clearly pretending. Like, if you're watching uh, Jim Carrey, he's really trying. Yeah, well, I mean, Jim Carrey kind of, he is Jerry Lewis, you know? You can see the tentacles of Jerry Lewis and everything. Do you remember when uh, he was in Me, Myself, and Irene, and he his the pills made his lips dry? Right, that's right. And he was parched. Imagine Jerry Lewis was doing that. We wouldn't believe it, you know? You have to imagine once upon a time, it all, it all came together. Like, the exaggeration, the tone. Oh, that was the string of films in the early, early to mid-60s. Yeah. yeah, no, that's when he was gold. We believed him when he's doing the. I mean, it was stupid, but he's doing the typewriter, and it really looked like he was typing on a typewriter. That was the whole. Oh, how funny! Everything he touches. Oh my God! Look, Trevor McGee and Molly want their joke back. That's our joke, Jerry. Fall over the closet. And then fall out. That's the yeah. whole. People would line up at the radio to listen to us to open up the closet. It was a closet blanche. You know Fibber McGee and Molly? Uh, no, that's a radio thing. It would be a soundtrack, right? Yeah, so the, they always had a running gag where you open up Fibber McGee's closet and all you would hear sound effects, like, you know, Mel Blank, you know, like all these like crashing noises. You can't get out of the post office. Hilarity, hilarity. Now, why would. The door come apart, right? Because like, because he's a wacky. I mean, it's nonsensical. Look at the wind, Carl. The wind. Yeah, the trees are blowing. You can see it behind the, the telephone booth. Florida is windy. This was shot in Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach. And as a matter of fact, Lewis set up the studio like complex thing. It was there's. It was at the Palm Air Country Club in Fort Lauderdale, and they had 23 rooms in there. Wow. They filmed all the post office scenes. And in a public country club? Kids listening, this is something called a payphone. Now, it's right. not a Superman changing booth. That's a, that's, lots of kids it's think that. Booth. It's, yeah, that was a phone booth. You would sync um, a metallic, round metallic, it was called a quarter. Um, he, he, shot, he, he edited this movie at Margo Logo. Was it called Margo Logo? Margo Larga. Margo Holy cow, it's love interest, Mike. What is oh, she doing here? Her. As she talks now. She didn't talk before. What happened to your hat and your hairstyle? Look, the wind's oh, blowing her hair from her eye. I'm inexplicably explicably attracted to you. You're not attractive. You destroyed my car, cost me maybe 700 bucks, right? I like you. My kid's wrong. We could drink Perrier. I bet you like me too. I was that green girl in Star Trek. You Look at my glasses. You see how 70s they are? You'd like me, mister. Isn't it fun when you see like a movie from 1980 and everything's still kind of 70s, but it's yeah, kind of it's slowly popping second up? of. I mean, Jimmy Carter's on their mind. That's right, JC. Got JC on their mind. 
This was filmed in 79. Yeah, so it has the 70s style, but by the time, how did that hair blow? I can't concentrate. Shoot <laughs> in Georgia. So what we're getting is the kids like, oh, come on, mom, this loser. Let's go. Can we go, mom? Be better. Well, it was nice to almost connect with you, but my cockblock son really needs to get going now. Oh, uh, I would offer you a ride. I just got a new car, you see. Would you like to see it? Oh, would, would we like to see Mr. Bo's car? No, mom. No, mom. You're really glad you met him? I'm really glad I met you, Bo. Wow. This is Jerry's appearance in the People's Court. <laughs> this, you know, he was still doing the muscular dystrophy once a year. He would be in the spotlight. People remember, yeah. you know, he wasn't, it was 10 years making his own films and things not getting released and doing that awful Holocaust one. But, but still, he was on the mind of the public. I mentioned it last week. The he he willed that movie to Sony, the National Archives. It's going to be available in a hundred years after yep. his death. I cannot wait. I will be an old man. Twenty-one seventeen. Or oh, yeah. Oh, he ran over his foot. Hilarious. Uh, uh, now the now he goes roller skating. I don't think uh, so. Uh, so now he's okay. He's got a job at the post office now, but he's going to moonlight. So he's in a disco. He moonlights at, where does he get these cool jobs? Oh, that, oh there I, goes a disco oh, record. Oh, it's hilarity. Yeah, he didn't do the same thing. <laughs> Let me read some stuff about this clown film, because we got to talk about it. Um, right. And there's a long, boring dance scene about to come up, okay? Is it a parody of Saturday Night Fever? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, but Airplane did this in 1980. Yes, they did. That's right. And they really did it well. You'll see yeah. how poorly he does it. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Like, he's riffing on the jerk in Airplane, and he's saying that he, he's the one who could do better. He can't. No, and he can't. Listen, let's talk about it. Do you want to no. talk about it? The day, yeah, of the, clown, the day the Clown Cried, 1972. You know about it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were talking about it even last week. I know that there's video footage of uh, uh, video footage of. Uh, hey, look, he's John Travolta now. No, yeah, look, he's wearing a Travolta suit. There's there's footage on YouTube. There was a German television special where they interviewed him while he was shooting uh, the clown, and the the clown was at the Mirror Circus in Germany, the Spiegel Circus. Uh huh. The Spiegel Man Circus. Now, I hear this film, The Day the Clown Cried, is unfinished. Oh, yeah. Well, so, is, it, or is it done, or you don't know? No, wait, uh, say the question again, Carl. Oh, uh, I read on the internet that this movie is unfinished, The Day the Clown Cried. He never finished it. You know, yeah, I mean, there is a print of it. Like, the TV special show like scenes, but no one's really seen anything past that, you know, but he does have a working print and uh, okay, as we were saying. Maybe there's, yeah, so we'll there, see there. something. Um, it, it, it was it was a serious dramatic role. It wasn't a comedy. And 
I don't know. Jerry has a Jewish identity and he, he loves a clown. He really loves being a clown. So the two went together, but the, the thing is he, he does a sort of Pied Piper thing in which he leads them to their gas chambers. Right. I mean, it's horrific. There's a reason it's never going to be seen. You know, it's strange. I always felt like, you know, just even the topic of, of taking the, the Holocaust and World War II and just making it into a comedy or to have like, a, you know, this treacle, this can't dance. It goes on forever. Does he, do they, do they do like fake Saturday Night Fever music? Like mm -hmm. where every sixth note is different? They're just doing that. But you can hear the Saturday Night Fever band, the strings. This is so bad. It goes on forever. Now, look, this is probably the future Mrs. He was dancing with this future wife. Oh, He's really? getting a divorce that, during this. That's his future wife he was dancing with? I think so. She appears in this scene, and I couldn't find a photo of it. No matter what words I Googled in the images, I couldn't see a picture. I saw what she looks like today. I don't know. I know, and I know they met on this movie. Now look, it was all a fantasy, right? So yeah. up, he's fired again for being goofy, I guess. For starting a dance or just dancing at the disco? Yeah, he's fired. Is it believable? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, his then, okay, well, this he's divorcing Patty Lewis, and it's not in front of me, her name, but it doesn't matter. Okay, now we're getting a not funny bit about the alarm clock surprises you, because what, it's still on, or it, you weren't expecting it to ring? It's an old gag we've seen a million times, right? For some uh -oh. reason, doing it here. Yeah, I mean, like maybe he went to Sears Robot and said, I look in your 1978 catalog, you have an alarm clock. I'd like to purchase it. You have a layaway plan. But, you know, people don't have a kill that it. Joke, that joke didn't have good timing. Yeah. The <laughs> that joke alarmed me. Yes, alarming. Ugh. Look, here's a funny, not funny joke. It in one second he was Is another sweater vest? Right. He's a he's a postal worker now. It's his first day. Holy cow, look at that gruff, tough guy. He must be the postmaster. Right, oh yeah, he's having lunch. He's like a police sergeant. Yeah, this Lewis. is Frank Lucchese, and he was in uh, Spartacus and he was in a lot of TV. But they never had Dunkin' Donuts on the set on Spartacus. Did nope, they? they didn't. It was a anachronism. <laughs> there was a lot of actors in Spartacus. <laughs> Act, there was a lot of actors in him <laughs> in Spartacus. The donuts will become a thing, and I'm sure it's product placement, just like the raisin brand was. It, it, oh, and Seven Up, the Seven Up, yeah. Plus, I'm sure the USP uh, also serves PS. Uh, you know, uh, stamps. stamps provided by United States Postal Service for product placement. So now he's like, 
I don't know what strings they pulled to get you in here, buddy, but I'm going to be watching you like a hawk. You get any demerits? You know, if you get 100 demerits, you're out of here. Well, right now, it's like 60 demerits. This is so funny. It's so funny. You can guess what's going on. Do you recognize his face? Maybe. I, I mean, I always enjoy those movies, like, yeah, since years go by, you recognize faces. I mean, there's like... Well, like, he was in Welcome Back, Cotter, and Three's Company, and Get Smart. I mean, Gilligan's Island, he's been around. Really? Barney like, Miller and Gunsmoke. Up, oh, donuts time. He really desires a donut. This, this would be a commercial, right? He touched a donut. Would you like a donut jerk, jerk, jerk off? Would, oh, man. Oh, this year? Uh, I would oh, like a, a donut. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, which one would I like? How about the one you fingered, Jerry? Does he say that? You fingered that one. Just... <laughs> yeah. You put your finger in the hole. <laughs> that's not funny. Oh, that's now, not funny? Find put, a one, put it back. <laughs> <laughs> now he's going to ask him a question and he'll say it with like because his mouth is full and that'll be our joke. Right. Don't talk with your mouth full. It's really saying a mouthful. <laughs> Whoa. Do you, milk? Do you have a picture of milk? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pint size. Picture of milk I could spill. Why? The joke here is he will drink all of his coffee. Right. Now this coffee cup is clearly empty. Oh, would he, at what point would he put it on his lips initially, or? Uh... Yeah, it's look. It doesn't even have a drip. Does that make sense? It's empty. Yeah, right. That would be a little trip. Remember, uh, we watched uh, Saving Christmas. Now, if Jim Carrey tipped that cup, there would be a drip. He's believable. Uh, well, he would yeah. slurp it, right? Then he would kind of have like a drool on it. Yeah. Saving Christmas with um, Kurt, 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 Kirk, Cameron. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, I think Kirk Cameron's fair enough. But remember that movie got kind of raised because he starts off and he dresses the camera. He has a big, is a cup of hot cocoa. Uh huh. That was empty. It was empty. Well, we've talked about a lot of different movies other than this one. He's like, "May I have another donut?" He goes, "What? How many are left?" And he goes, "You can have a half a one." And then he removes it. <laughs> Enough with the donuts. So we haven't even hit an hour, right? I don't know. Now, I know. I'm so done with this film. And it's not funny. And you were like, I love this film. And when you said that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he came back. Like, it's, you know, the 80s, Jerry, we were talking about it because we were watching that French movie that I had never realized he made. But in the 1980s, when he came back in the movies, he made, like, He's known for his dramatic roles, right? Like on the TV show Wise Guys, where he was a gangster and, of course, King of Comedy. I did. Uh, yeah. And I think it was a TV movie where he was a, he, his daughter needed medication and 
he pushed forward for it, you know, fight for life. And uh, he also made some really unbearable movies, you know, the yeah, friend movie was good. Uh, we've done close encounters of the spooky kind, the Kurt Vonnegut slapstick kind, slapstick of a spooky kind, whatever that horrible film is. I did that with my brother years ago. And, uh, he made some other just unwatchable films, like this one, Cracking Up, which is on Amazon Prime, I have to watch. I haven't seen it past the credits, but it's more shtick like this. But yeah, uh, I don't know what he, he was doing. I mean, don't forget, like, the biggest star in the 80s was Bill Cosby. And when Bill Cosby made movies in the 80s, it was Ghost Dad and Leonard Part Six. Well, sometimes, like, like big guys make mistakes. Like, uh, Chris Rock made a lot of mistakes. Like, it, sometimes comedians don't do well in movies. Well, actually, in the past, Bill Cosby was in a lot of great films. Right, yeah, he did all those Sidney Lumet movies. Sidney Poitier not the director. So now we have an unfunny scene in which he's waiting for this guy. This guy, like, ignores him. Oh. So is he like a child? Oh, like a what? Like a child. Yeah, I suppose you could say that. But the thing is, this guy just counter... Uh, is count. He's two people in this film. He's this doofy guy, and then he's the you know, the, the, the drama one. And he'll be at the post office doing the drama guy, too. It's weird, man. Oh, hello! Are you there? Oh! And he gets ignored. Now, this guy was in Munchie Strikes Back. <laughs> Thank God, yeah, finally. Was he a college professor? Uh, this is Steve Franken, and I don't remember what he was. He must have played, there wasn't that many roles in Munchie Strikes Back. They go to college. So. Munchie Strikes Back was with, um, Howard Nessman. That's not the right, is it? Oh, uh, the old mailroom. This is the mailroom mailroom for the mailroom. Right. This is the old mailroom, and you know, you know. It really does look like this, and we'll get a bunch of, you know, he'll spill that. You know what's coming. Now well, what's the thing? he's got he's got to remove that bag before he moves the cart. Otherwise, it's, <laughs> it's not his fault. Oh, never mind. Oh well. Oh, 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 oh. you're screwing up, Bo. Look at that spill. It's all across. Oh my god. Yeah, that's art directed. That spill. It's cherry. Oh, well, you see, what happened, you see, was I was pretending to be the guy in 1964 movies, and then the next thing you know... I mean, that's probably part of the charm of this movie, I guess, is that it is an anachronism in itself. This is 1980, this movie came out. Did you say charm? We had the jerk, right? And no, 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 stop, stop. You said charm, the charm of this film. There's no I... charm. Mike, this stuff is un it's unwatchable. It's not fun. Okay, guess what we're about to learn? Head postmaster gruff guy is the yeah. father of love interest. What? What? Wait a minute. I see trouble in Jerry's future. At least she's in her car again. That's how I recognize her. She had a completely different hairstyle in the beginning of the movie, right? Um, 
No, she's had the same hairstyle. You might have noticed it bouncing in the wind in the Florida weather. Yes, I did notice. Oh, thank you for calling. Look outside the, the car window. Look. look Actually, it's pretty still right now, but that's not because he was in control of it, right? It's just the still day. Well, it could be the YouTube print, too. Everything's like a big blur. No, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe, no, there's still some movement. Distract movement. It's very still, Mike. You were talking about a hurricane before. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, this is like DEFCON. <laughs> DEFCON 1. Take us to DEFCON 1. Now oh, we see this. the... Whoa, it's just more hilarity. I don't know. I'll tell you some other stuff about this film, I guess, because the film isn't interesting. Um... Uh, okay, so Jerry Lewis was two days into filming when he discovered the financing for the picture was $25,000. They pretty much had no budget, okay? $25,000? Yeah, yeah. Let's see, Robert Rodriguez? <laughs> so what happened was they were filming and they had to do a stoppage. Like six months, they stopped working on the film. And Jerry Lewis personally had to declare bankruptcy. What? Yeah. So then the producer quits. And so Jerry on his own went out and found this guy who had money. His name was James McNamara. And it launched a mini, mini film career, but he raised a million dollars and Jerry Lewis became joint owner of the whole production and his salary was like in escrow. Now, when this thing came out, it was a hit. Now, the, everyone hated it. Roger Robert Ebert or whatever. I mean, all the critics panned it. It was so bad. But um, and also they couldn't find a distributor at first. They had to do it in Europe first. But it was a hit. I mean, we're talking forty-one million dollars in back forty-nine and back then money. Of course, I'm talking revenue. You know, let's be honest. Like other than like nine to five, which I think in nineteen eighty, uh, there weren't that many smart comedies out there. I mean, there was yeah. airplane. Yeah, but I mean, like. There was that I don't know, kangaroo movie with, uh, and then it was like, there was some dumb movies in the 1980s, 1970s. Also, you were going to this on the promise of the hilarious Jerry Lewis. Oh, well, yeah, you, you know. No, promise, but the promise but... isn't kept, but I'm saying when, you, as a moviegoer, you're like, oh, Jerry Lewis, this will be good. Yeah. Right, he hasn't made a movie since with Lion Sinker. Now, you remember... Which way to the front? Okay. Now, Jerry Lewis is not driving the van. So why is the Munchie Strikes Back guy such a bad driver? Like, the joke... No, the Munchie, no Jerry's driving. Munchie's the guy's holding on for oh, your life. excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay. Now it makes comedic sense for the film. <laughs> Look at the guy sitting on the... I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Listen, I saw this film three times. This is my fourth viewing. I, I didn't. I just said something stupid. I'm sorry. No, it's it's. Nope. Hey, listen, I, I I try to do research for the last Jerry movie, and I couldn't even follow the plot. <laughs> That's true. Now look, you see the guy in the van. That's Munchie's guy. Do you recognize him? He was in Westworld. He was in the fiendish plot of Fu Manchu, which I never saw. Okay, he yeah. was in the Curse of the Pink Panther. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. 
Okay, what launched this guy's career was Dobie Gillis. He got cast in Dobie Gillis, and then he was on a lot of TV. I don't know. He In 2000, he was in Nurse Betty. That was his last thing. Oh, yeah, I've seen Nurse Betty. With Chris Rock, too, right? Yeah, right, yeah. It's not a, it's like a good a, film of Chris Rock. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a better movie. It, it's, a, it's about a woman who uh, gets in peril and, and kind of wakes up thinking that uh, her favorite soap opera is real. And, uh, yeah, is real. Mm-hmm. Starts acting in it. This is yeah. so not funny. Yeah, no, that guy. <laughs> that guy you know what so. Like in the whole film, like, you know, he's, he's acting like it's hilarious and people who he shits on are like loving it, you know? He'll spill. There is this one woman who doesn't love it, and I love that. It's like one of the only funny scenes in the film. Oh, the, the, the you know, we also saw Cannibal Run, which is from 1980. Yeah. So big film comedies were kind of uh, popular. Look at the rabbit. <laughs> this is again foreshadowing. We're learning that they deliver rabbits in the mail. Okay, you got that? No, did not register. Why would the fuck? Yeah, right. And hey, man, today's Postmaster General, the way he's working, there's dead bunnies everywhere. <laughs> the way the mail's being delivered. Excuse me, Postmaster, I ordered a live bunny in the mail. I'm six baby chicks. Six baby chicks. Now, one of the funny scenes is Jerry Lewis in drag. He, just because he, he gives a he, he pretends to have this accent. Um, he's not doing Jerry Lewis. That's why I love it. Can I turn up the sound when that happens? When does it happen? He's still a postmaster. I know. It's coming right up. Oh, there he is. Go ahead. Crank it. I like it because it's actually funny. Oh, you're doing it? <laughs> His, it's like Mel, Mel, uh, he sounds like one of those Jewish comedians from the 60s. Yeah, it is definitely like, uh, you're just sick, I guess. He did Family Jewels. He he was uh uh he he did like the ugly lady look. And then also he did another one. He was like he did three backup singers. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this is actually a little funny. He's like, I'm looking for the office of registry. Why? There's no election. He goes, Well, <laughs> I didn't want to register. He goes, Well, don't you want to register? You can't vote if you didn't register. You didn't know it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little funny. Well, you know, such nepotism, right? Yes. Everyone who took it, who auditioned for that role, they're like, who got the role? Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, but this is supposed to be his bit. He does characters and look at that, not funny walking. He's obviously putting it on. Oh, love interest in him finally actually have a date. Oh man, check out that waiter, man. That beard is crazy. 
Now, uh, here is actually another funny scene. There's hardly any funny scenes in this movie. And it's not because of Jerry. This is unbelievable. He would be going like, oh, I'm cautiously taking this scarf off you. It doesn't make sense in the real world. But she is funny, you'll see. I guess, you know, like the, the bellboys like that, too. Just gets into the situation. Now, look, his ring is stuck. See, she's the funny part of this scene because she just tolerates him. And then at the end, she's like, just go. Please just leave. Go. Now, imagine if you're on a first date with a love interest, right? And she's seeing you do this mistake. You, she wouldn't be loving it. Just go away. Please go. <laughs> Just leave. <laughs> Man, I've never seen anyone wear a suit like that before. Yeah, unless they broke out of he's the hamburglar. Yeah, right. The hamburglar back with during the sepia tires. You might wear that on the tonight show. Oh, here's something for me to spill. Uh-huh. So, like, he does the goofy guy, and then he's like, I love when I make you laugh. And so it's sort of like all those times when he, like, blew up her tire, was he fucking around? You know what I mean? No, he's just covering a mess. So this was shot in the country club, too. In a country? Yeah, this was one of the 23 rooms. Almost every interior you'll see was in his Fort Lauderdale little complex. Uh-oh, props. Oh, don't you hate menus? Hey, what's the deal with menus? All right. Home box <laughs> Here you office. are, Lonnie Anderson look-alike. She was oh, a pilot, God. by the way. She was? Yeah, she, the story. she went in like a Boeing, and it had an accident and dropped like 30,000 feet, you know. But it was fine. But it was on the same night that Buddy Holly died, and so she got freaked out. And she was like, I'll never get in a plane again and she stuck to that except when she it was like an overnight thing but then right. somebody convinced her to try it she became an aviator and she's got credits and uh, let me just pull that up and there's an accident she lives through a crash um Local Los Angeles news anchor Hal Fishman introduced her to personal flying, an evening flight over Los Angeles in the Cessna, motivated to turn to Santa Monica Airport the next day. To she became she got pilot lessons, oh. and she was she did her own transatlantic flight on a Piper J three Cub. I guess that's a little bigger than a Cessna, a, an airplane. She was showboating. She was fucking around. Airplane flipped and crashed, and she escaped injury. Uh, she became the fourth woman to fly a single-engine aircraft across the Atlantic Ocean, and she did it from New York. They wouldn't let her fly to Moscow. It was, you know, the Cold War. Oh, right, yeah. What a bunch of killjoy. Yeah. She was contracted by Learjet in 68 uh, to, to, fly, to fly jets. It, it, to set records for them, and she earned this rating and flew some charters. She, oh, but did 
Okay, I don't know. There's a there's a history here. She went on to be in do something interesting. Well, it's a good year. We've got another promotion going. Yeah, so Jerry is flying the blimp, and so Postmaster will get a crazy phone call. Do you know what your guy just did? And he'll freak out on him and give him demerits. Oh, the humility. That's what his boss will say. Oh, the humility? Oh, very nice. Did I steal that? I don't know. Can I spin that? Yeah, how could you even go on stage and say, hey, guys, hey, it's great to be here at Lindenhurst. Huh? What a bummer 120 years ago when that cute little blimp exploded. Now, what if Jerry Lewis is hardly working and he gets a job and he's delivering a package to Goodyear Blimp and he goes, hey, Joe, hey, Jack, uh, where are you? And then, okay, guys. And then he goes, oh, uh, I just got the light. All right, well, that's with my oh, my, that's with my dad. As the Italians say, I will go. Spit in the mic. Well, okay, like, no, but it would be like more like humility. Like, okay, like, uh, I, they send me the same credit card offer, you know, for the last eight years. Don't they know I'm not buying their credit card? Why do they? I mean, don't they have any humility? Does that work? You giggled. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's the right track. It's junk mail. Like you keep getting all the junk mail, and no, it's like enough already. It's just some humility. <laughs> yes, postal service. Can't we unsubscribe? The answer, Bush. Yeah, uh, he's and like Spud. Spud's dad. <laughs> Spud because he's grandfather. Yeah, you know, it's just a Dalmatian. It's not Spud. Look at look at that. It's pull tabs, man. What what decade are we from? Is it nineteen eighty? Look at his goofy goofy face. It's like we totally stepped out of reality. Oh yeah, there's so many ads. In this. Okay, we, now we have a scene that's funny for two seconds. We're going to have a confrontation. Why don't you put up the sound? Okay, I will. Hang on. Okay, this is funny. Two seconds. Well, you see, we really even missed the funny part. It was funny when they first started doing it. Now it gets old. But... You oh. weren't Johnny on the spot. You never are with the. <laughs> Man, that's really. Carl? Carl? Mike? Mike. Speak of it. You know when that funny was funny is when I think it was like, dude, where's my car? Uh, they like they just said dude back and forth with different. Right, things. yeah. Plus, it was funny because they woke up and they had tattoos on their back. Oh, yeah. Really? I got a tattoo on my back. What's it say? Sweet. What's my tattoo today? Dude. Yeah, that's for genius. Genius. No, that, I was so happy. A very funny scene. It's not the same scene. Yeah. Man, when they won a Peabody for that scene, I was so proud of them. I was like, that deserved <laughs> Look, we, he's getting oh. beat up by Postmaster. He's getting beat up by the father now. Really? Hand-to-hand combat? That's not like the Postal. Damn, they got these mail. Why do they have all these letters? Carl, why is there letters in the office? To be Pratfall fodder. Yeah, but shouldn't they be delivering mail? Why is it in his office? Yeah. Damn it, I'm tired. All right, just put it, put it, put it over here. Okay, we'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. 
tomorrow's new mail comes. All right, but there's always like, you know, two or three sacks that they're just like, ah, oh, fuck it, it's a long day. Just put it, put it under the desk. They delivered 800 sacks of mail today. It's like, ah, I just, I don't want to do this last one. All right, put it, put it behind the dumpster. So <laughs> then the movie ends. Is there an endpoint in sight? I mean, how does this movie end? He was supposed to get, he lost his job at the circus like an right. hour ago. Right. And, and then, then he does all a the odd job. Trip, he they got fired because he touched the girl's leg. That he got a job at a gas station, but he knocked over the gas twice, and then he blew up a lady's tire, and water came out of the, and he hit his head, and then the gas was spewing everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then he moved on. Yeah, he, then he got a job as a Betty Hanna chef. This is the job that will be his job through the rest of this film, okay? And how we're heading to an ending doesn't make any sense, Mike. It, he'll, he'll become successful at this job, and then he'll quit to go to Sarasota Clown College. It doesn't make any sense. This movie is a dog. <laughs> I'm an alumni of SCS, SCC. You know, I, I graduated at FCC, Florida Clark College. Look at these. He's God, he's been ripping off like Sid Caesar now. He ripped off Mildred Pearl. No, don't. No, 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 I don't want to knock it over. So he's been given the hardest job in the whole place by the boss who is the father, you know? And so the joke is it's exhausting, but it's not a true, you know, it's just not believable in the real world. So much of this film isn't. Harry Jerry. Yeah, I mean, where's his Walkman uh, headset? Why is he so exhausted? It doesn't make sense. He's on his feet. That's exhausting. This is not like clowning, where you have to run around a three-rig circus. Yeah, it's not like clowning, where you do 15 minutes, and then 30 minutes later, you do another five. Uh-huh. Right. Well, they put in case an elephant charges or takes a shit, you have to go. You, you're on duty. You're on call. As a clown, circus clown, you never know when there's like animal shit and you have to clean it up. They need a clown out there distracting the audience. <laughs> so there. you're on call. You're on. You're on shit patrol. That was some Buster Keaton right there. You get a demerit for that. I yeah. get you demerit. out here. Hundred demerits, and you're yeah. out. M I L M E R I T Demerit. Okay, going back in my car. Made my point. Drive it off. <laughs> oh wow! Now he's back at his desk. That was a quick drive. Listen, you got to get me out of here. I'm either in my car or I'm on my desk. I can't stand it anymore. Okay, so he called up the guy who like got him the job. Now the whole movie he's been going. I don't know who pulled strings so you could get this job. And then he calls up the guy who pulled the strings to get him the job. Does that make any sense in the real world, Mook? Are they going to fire him for, for hooking white privilege? Okay, now, after all his fuck-ups, this guy's there to inspect him, right? 
They're going to follow him around all day and see how he does his job. Now, what's going to happen is he's going to, for no reason, Mike, he doesn't, he's always fucking up, right? He's going to do a perfect job all day long. Oh, here you are, ma'am. I'm doing my job perfectly. No screw ups. I didn't, I didn't flip your button and your pants dropped. I didn't, you know, walk yeah. into the door and hurt my nose. I'm doing I a perfect postal job. Look at that rich lady driveway. I drove up your rich lady driveway to your door and I handed you a delivery and then I drove. I First have a particular <laughs> driveway myself. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, but I don't get like the postman. The postman parks the car at a block, sits in the car for an hour, and then uh, maybe walks a couple, you know. Walks Perfect parking block. job. Did you notice when he put the mail in that mailbox, it didn't like, you know, the door wouldn't swing open. It didn't flip and bonk him on the butt. You know, he's perfect postal guy today. Yeah, he's doing well. Well, he knew he was being followed. And boy, doesn't that make the father steaming mad. I can't get that typewriter song out of my head. I know that 9 to 5 was 1980, and that Dolly Parton song begins with a typewriter. So there was two movies where you could hear the, the alluring sounds of the typewriter up front. Right. Who knew War Games was around the corner and the typewriter would become... A keyboard. Yeah, a music. Clackety-clackety-clack. Clack. The clackety 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 clack enter. The clackety clackety clack backspace. Clackety clackety clack enter. You could hear what they're typing. Ten print. Carl is cool. Buddy, go to bed. <laughs> L print basic. So now it's like it's been a pleasure watching you all day. You're perfect, and he's like. Now he's talking up his boss who was trying to get him fired, saying he's a good boss. He wouldn't, he was hard on me, but because he had to, you know. And so it's turning back into that drama. This is the same guy who moments <laughs> ago was like, go, 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 I'm fucking up. It doesn't, he's two people in this film and they don't go. Well, look now, good man leaves. I can't believe I'm gonna shake my head one more time. <laughs> hey, you want to go to the sex club where the postmen hang out? Ah, gee, I don't know. I have like, always been wanted an invite, but gee whiz. Oh, you want to wrestle, watch me wrestle an alligator? Uh, you know, I, I know. I All the guys will be there. You're one of us now. You're good, postal guy. Yeah. Now watch, here's a funny thing. In the, I mean, meaning to be funny, but watch what happens. Well, they work together. Uh, that's fine. Here you go, kid. Listen, nobody oh, eats my fry. I'm the director here. Cut. No, listen, nobody. I don't it. want that because you had your germs on it. But meanwhile, my fingers were on it, and I'm just going to drop it into your sack of food. I don't even know what type of sandwich that is. He always talks about sandwiches. You know, when he met Dean, he was like, I'm eating a very loose egg sandwich at the glass hat. And it fell on my shirt, and Dean said, you gonna eat that kid? And we both laughed. <laughs> I can't. I can't mind a laugh. But didn't now the he's saying like, "All right, I'm not gonna be a jerk to you anymore." And listen, my daughter would like for you to call her. But you're like a son to me now. Like now he's all in with everything, and everything's cool. 
But he's still sleeping at his sister's, right? Yes. So it's not really cool. In terms of the plot, he's finally found a place that he's not a fuck up. Jerry, put the sandwich down. I'm done. Oh no. You know what this reminds me of, Carl? Watching a 3D movie where, like, after like 30 minutes of 3D effects, you're like, I get it. Uh, yeah, I know. Like, you're so done. 10 more minutes, we'll go throw as many sound social effects as possible. Now we're having like love interests do like sexy talk. Well, as one does. Is this one of your, is this one of those perverted phone calls? And she goes, that's for later. Really? Oh, yeah. First thing we have a dinner phone call, and then we, <laughs> and then we get an Uber phone call. An Uber phone call? Yeah, you know, after the movie. You'd be like, well, I can get you home. Uh, I can call you an Uber. Back then, Uber was super in German, right? So if you made an Uber call, it was like a really good call. Now, look, she right. looked in the mirror sort of like, okay, here's a not funny, oh. like he's using an automatic razor. You know, he wouldn't That's... need shaving cream. You don't do that, right? I. I'm not familiar with the electric razor, but when I used it, I've never put shaving cream on it. That's a funny joke, Jerry. Oh my God, this film. Okay, this is an unnecessary dumb scene, but all we learn is he's got a shipment of rabbits and the owner's never home. So Jerry says, I'll take that shipment. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. That's clean shaving, Jerry. So you got a good, good shave in that for all. Now, there's another thing, Mike. I, I, I don't know if it's... This is the fourth time I've seen this film, and I'm still not sure if it's a joke. Remember the two rabbits? Right, yeah, of course, sure. Okay, so you know the thing, rabbits multiply? So Yeah, they're very good at math. I think so the joke is those two rabbits became like a whole room full of rabbits. And so now he's going to have a postal truck filled to the brim with rabbits. As one does. Look That's at this. Wow. The old circle swipe. Okay. Now I want to back up, Mike, right? This guy was trying to find a home, trying to find a job for himself that was a real job and not just a Found you know, job. And he was getting fired every day. So he finally achieves that. As a matter of fact, he gets the highest commendation from the politician who got the, him the job. So what is he going to do? He's going to quit. He dresses up as a clown. And Munchie Guy is his partner in this. There's Telly Savalas. Yeah, I've noticed that. Who loves you, baby? Who loves you, baby? And look, all these like kids and people are following them because he's a funny clown. It doesn't warrant this crowd. Uh, can I ask you, like, do you remember what year Scarface was? Mid eighties. I, I, Google will tell us. Oh well, that's all right. But it's just here's Miami. Like, I know they didn't use much of Miami Scarface. It was mostly Los Angeles, but well, this is... for this film, it's really Fort Lauderdale in Palm uh, Palm Beach. That's right, Fort Lauderdale. Here comes the clown. Do, 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 do. 
Scarface movie. 1983. All right, it was, it was a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, yeah I look for us. What's he giving out? Confetti. He's giving out the mail. He's delivering the mail. <laughs> and 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 it's like it doesn't make sense to the plot. Why is he pulling this shit? And then he'll quit the job at the end. Where's the confetti come from? Did people throw it from the uh, second floor? This whole movie does not make sense in the real world. Why would people... Oh, the clown's coming by today. Look, Wilco! Yeah, I know Wilco in Fort Lauderdale. But in Fort Lauderdale, go to Wilco! Next to Culver City. Next to the Prescription City. Remember, there was Woolworths and Wilco, and I think I mentioned two guys on this show. Corvettes, remember Corvettes? Yeah. Look at this. They, they, the crap is throwing confetti. All these people are here in real life because it's like Jerry Lewis and they had they were extras and are they so is he leading them to the concentration camp? Yeah, see that's the weird thing the internet like different reviews brought up. It's sort of like that. And I wonder if he was doing that to forgive himself for that crap he did. I don't know. Look how it is the stamps. And there are people, it's a Publix. They're still, okay. So here is postal guy and he goes, that's it. You're fired. You are fired. And he's like, you can't fire me. I quit. Oh, classic. Take this job and shove it. Right. Now there's something a little funny here. He goes, who are you? You're the, are you two related? And she goes, he's my father. He goes, the clown's your father? And he goes, the guy goes, no, he's the boyfriend. Your father's your boyfriend? And then it's not funny again. Someone punched it up, huh? Look at it, Jerry's laughing. Yeah. That's because he goes, he made a mockery of the post office. And then the reporter goes, we do that every day. And everyone laughs. It's so it looks like Florida without cocaine right now. Like just kind of. <laughs> he goes. He quits, but he has one last delivery, and so the father's like, "What are you talking about? Open the puppets, right? Open oh, the door the and see for yourself." He like the circus motif. It ends with the circus. Oh, rabbits! Although Ew. we can't really see them. Hey, this is the pedicopter. This is not cool. Pedicopter. Pedicopter. Peter, Peter Copter. Oh, he's a pedophile. Why is it funny? Oh, the kids got something to eat. Hey, I'll trade you 500 green stamps for a rabbit. Now, I don't know if it was safe for these rabbits, but it was okay, I guess. They're on the hot sun. People are trampling them. What's the ratio between rabbits and, ra and people? More people. But we am I wrong? Because the rabbits are little. Look. Ringling Brothers Clown College, Sarasota. Now, I've been there. I went to their circus museum there, and it's really quite cool. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is there nothing it, else to do in town? <laughs> right. Well, there was. There's the uh, John Ringling Museum, where you can see all this art, and that was fun. Oh, that but, looks um, there, The um, Ringling it had a picture of this cat, right? And the cat was like, no, no. It was cats as horses. 
like it was a horse and buggy and the cats were leading it. And there was one of those little rhesus monkeys with the fez and he had a little whip. <laughs> so stupid little. Oh, that's great. Oh my God, final shot. Go around in a circle. I also saw real footage of Buffalo Bill. Okay, so he's quit. He was hitchhiking the clown college. Love interest picks him up. So I guess they're saying, I don't really want any of this. I want to go back to being a clown. And then the mom is like, I'll abandon my child and join you. No, the child was in the back of the truck. Look at these outtakes. Da, da, da. We see we see scenes we already saw from the film, and then it keeps cutting to that bit in which they're doing an outtake. Oh, so it's like regular scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah, one last time. Yeah, the embarrassment. Let's make it the poster. Remember this thing? We did this thing. Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember that milk? That milk, that milk that was an expensive practical. Don't cry over it. Then it cuts back to the outtake. And then, you know, take two outtake. Look how smug Jerry is. I don't know what he's saying. But... He is smug and he goes, you see this guy? You're probably never going to see him again in film. <laughs> he is smug. Not wrong. It's Just a black and white. It's all, Jerry's interesting the way he states and stuff. Well, Carl, listen. Let's stop talking about this movie. Thank you, Mike. So I could finally Thank ask you. Carl, let's talk about this movie. What you think uh, of it? I thought this was a piece of shit movie and there's nothing redeeming. I thought that uh, there was like four funny lines, I would say, and they often came at the same time. Maybe there's three funny sn snippets. I don't know. It wasn't good. And Jerry thinks that the critics don't get him. And his proof positive is this was a big commercial success. So, you know, I still don't argue because I'm not laughing, but that's what I thought of this film. Well, I don't know. It it was it delivered what it promised. Poor Jerry after a long absence. Mike, Mike, Mike. It promised the early 60s, Jerry. It promised hilarity. Did it deliver, Mike? No. <laughs> <laughs> it did not deliver. I want to punch Jerry Lewis in the face. Oh, here we go. City of Mayor of Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale yeah. Palm Beach. Okay. Mike, I feel like I interrupted you. I think you're going to talk up this movie a little. So, Mike, what did you think of this movie? Well, Carl, I think it's, I, like I said, it's great to see Jerry do a full-length movie. I'm not one of those guys who think, like, directors should do 10 movies and stop. I like when they do, like, one of their last movies is a piece of shit. I enjoy watching it. Full body, I like, body, body. I like seeing this, you know, like, so, yeah, it's not, it's it's a piece of shit. The product placement and the laugh track, it's all just garbage. Hey, do you think I could do a heist and get that print of the Jerry Lewis movie? Do you think I could get like someone to give me a, you know, like millions of dollars for it? Tell me more. So you mean like maybe we have a connection at the National Archive and yeah. then like a hundred hundred grand, maybe we could take it. How much would you be willing to pay for that? Well, I, I would I would totally do like an Ocean's Eleven to steal that print. And then sell it on the black market so that so it gets. You, you, you pretend you're a janitor and you go into the Jim Carrey wing of the National Archive. Right, right, right. And then you, you actually go next door to the Jerry Lewis 
Maybe the uh, Jerry Lewis family would be the ones to pay me. Well, all right. You know what? Let's never talk about Jerry. I was going to pick another Jerry Lewis movie because they're out there, but I can't. My head's like mush. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. All right. So I'm really excited. Our next movie, we're going from Jerry Lewis to Pamela Stevenson from uh, uh, 80s Saturday Night Live and not necessarily the news and not the 9 o'clock news. Uh, Kenny Everett show. She was in a movie uh, called Finders Keepers, uh, which actually starred Michael O'Keefe from uh, Caddyshack. It's a Richard Lester movie. I found a Finders Keepers TV spot, 1984, uh, hosted by movie and video game TV spots. So I was going to play it. So it's it's a comedy where con men try to steal money off a train. Okay. So I'm going to raise the volume of my YouTube uh, outlet, and I'm going to play this 31-second uh, promo for next week's movie, Finders Keepers, 1984. Do you see it? I'm just going to go ahead and I'm play it. I'm trying to find it, but I think you should just go ahead. Oh, I, is it right, 23 too seconds? Late. No, it's... Finders Keepers. Okay, I'll just leave it to you. I'll listen. Well, you better check newspapers for theaters, Carl. Okay. I didn't hear a thing of that. It sounded like this. Newspapers for theaters. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Get ready. Get trash. Get prepared. Splash. It's time to have fun with Crash, Smash, Bash. Michael Keith, Beverly D'Angelo, and Lou Gossett Jr. In Finders Keepers, rated R. <laughs> he rated our movie. I rated R. Okay, rated I'm looking R. forward to it. Finders Keepers, 1984, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We do it again. What the trailer? Yeah. Okay. There's a train. Who? What are they stealing? What do they steal? Sounds like fun. Just showed a motorcycle. Just fell through a thing. They fell through a thing. Crash. House, house crash. Rated R. Check your theaters. Check your movies for theaters. Check your theaters for newspapers. Check okay. your right. Check check papers for theater listings. Check theater for newspaper. I will totally watch Finders Keepers 1984 and uh, see if it's a sinker or not and report. Sounds great. All right. Well, guys, uh, feel free to watch the movie in advance as Carl will do. Carl's going to diligently do research. It was a fantastic job for such an experimental film. Experimental. Experimental. <laughs> <laughs> Excremental. A shitty film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much. We want to thank Community Radio for hosting us first. And uh, 
our archives are in uh, flux, but we we'll, should have it all back together. But uh, hopefully, but thank you guys. And uh, Carl, thank you. Audience, thank, thank you. you. Yep, 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 it's, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you what it is, exactly what it is. It's Bug Out Square, it's Mutiny Radio, it's Tuesday, it's 6 o'clock. So many things. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that Vigilante man, I've been hearing his name all over the land. Well, what is a vigilante man? Tell me what is a vigilante man? Has he got a gun and a club in his hand? Is that a vigilante man? Rainy night down in the engine house Sleeping just as still as a mouse Man come along and he chased us out in the rain Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days we'd pass the time away 
sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that, a vigilante man. You know, I didn't come around to tell you what's going on. We got a couple special guests. We got um, uh, Melina and uh, Casey. Gonna, they're 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 gonna be here for the comedy fest, and and we're gonna find out what makes them 